Quick Med Claims presents the Board and Collar 10Q30. We pose 10 questions to emergency medical service leaders from across the United States on key matters affecting EMS nationwide. You'll find their unique responses interesting and thought-provoking, all in 30 minutes. Your host, QMC's Director of Client Services, Gary Harvath. Well, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Gary Harvat. I'm from the QMC Client Success Team, and I am joined by my two esteemed colleagues today, Chuck Humphrey up in our Danville, Pennsylvania office. And here with me in Pittsburgh is uh, Jeanette Bruckner. She's from also from our Client Success Team. We have a great show for you today, and we have a wonderful guest, uh, Marius Larson, who's the Chief of Fire and EMS from Mitchell Fire Department in Mitchell, South Dakota. Now, I will tell those of you who are joining us today, especially those of you who are around our area, and it looks like we have clients coming to us in Florida, Arizona, um, looks like Maine, and several in Pennsylvania. I will tell you that Marius has just informed us that three hours, did you say to the west, Marius? Yeah, just uh, three hours to our west, uh, they're getting a bunch of snow. So. so for those of you that think summer is still going on, you are <laughs> sadly mistaken. It is getting cold here in the old US of A and Marius can attest to it. So uh, if you're enjoying these final days of Indian summer, um, then enjoy it because you know, that weather typically moves west to east. And if you're on this coast and not yeah. in Florida, Get ready. It may be a long winter. Marius, thanks for joining us today. It's You're always welcome. great to have you and talk with you. Um, we've got to know Marius over the past year or so. Um, he's a great client. He runs a great department. And we thought it would be a great idea um, to put him on the spot, to put him on that front burner and let him not only answer a few of our burning questions, uh, but also tell us a little about his organization. So we're going to have some fun over the next 30 minutes. Uh, and we're going to pose a few questions to Marius. Now, for those folks who are joining us, if you do have questions, you can feel free to go to the bottom of your video screen, uh, type in your question, and my esteemed colleague Chuck will pose those questions to Marius. Now, um, we'll see how those answers. And one of the wonderful things about this 10Q30, which by the way, when we first started doing this, this podcast, this webinar, I thought this thing is going to be a big flop and I'll be perfectly upfront with you. I thought I oh, will give it one or two shots, see how it goes. But it's been really funny because we ask a lot of questions that are relevant to EMS across the country, just not in Mitchell, South Dakota or Arizona or Florida or Maine. It's really questions that are we're all plagued with. So we're gonna pose some of these questions to Marius, see how he responds. And then at the end, um, if you folks would like to contact Marius about how his department is doing one thing or the other, um, he may, depending on how we treat him today, he may uh, give us his email address and uh, we can put that out there for the masses. And it's been a really kind of a great little networking thing that we've done here much to my surprise, much to my surprise. So Marius, are you ready? Are you in the hot seat, buddy? Are you ready? I, I, I think so. I was going back over the questions. I was like, I, I'm not sure how I'm gonna answer that. So we're, we're <laughs> definitely gonna roll with it here and, yeah. and, and see how it goes. So um, my one single 
station fire department might uh, not be much different than some larger ones that are watching today. And um, I guess my only thing is, is if I talk about issues that we have here um, and you've solved them or, or figured out a thing, please reach out to me and, and, and give me a, an, an idea. But because my issues might not be any different than yours. So yep. Yep. shoot away. Here we go. It's kind of funny because, you know, you might have a, a way of handling an issue that nobody thought of. And that's the beauty of this, that we really um, get to network out and, and, and learn things from each other. So it's a wonderful thing. So let's start with an easy one before I start drilling you really bad here. All right. Sounds um, great. How about just tell us a little bit about your organization and, you know, brief history, service areas, some milestones, anything like that at all, uh, yep. just to kind of, uh, you know, enlighten people as we begin here. Well, I'll give you my spiel as I usually give to the people that come and visit here for the first time. Uh, so Mitchell Fire Department is a small fire department. We are a combination department. And what I mean by that is uh, we both have fire and obviously EMS uh, within our building. Um, so we run uh, somewhere around QMC is predicting us to run about 1,850 EMS calls. Uh, the ambulance is obviously way busier than fire uh, is. So um, we have a department of 22 people, uh, three shifts of seven. They work 24 hours on and 48 hours off. Uh, when you come to work each day, there's a captain that's in charge and then a lieutenant and everybody is assigned to whatever apparatus for that day. So two to the ambulance and three to four uh, on the engine. Um, we are ALS, uh, an ALS provider. Uh, we cover 900 square miles. So if you take a pin and you put it on Mitchell and you go out approximately 30 miles and you draw a line around that, um, that is pretty much our response area. Um, so which... I guess for lack of a better word, that's the closest other ALS or paramedic service that we have. We do have other first responders and some BLS services uh, near us, but as far as ALS goes, we go a long ways, um, which is both good and bad. I always looked at it back when I was on the floor. Uh, it really taught me to be a really good medic because um, you know there's days where I'm with that patient for 20 plus minutes, um, but it also sucked because if I had something serious, I had 20 plus minutes to get back to the hospital. So um, that's part of it there. Um, we are cross-trained. So at any point in time throughout the day, uh, we can uh, move and shake, so to speak, and, and cover more ambulance calls um, and or uh, a fire call and things along that line. Great. So, and how, how long have you been with the department, Marius? I've been here for 24 years. So um, I went to a local college in Sioux Falls, South Dakota got my degree in history um, and teaching. And I got done with that. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. So <laughs> I went and sold shoes at Foot Locker for a couple of years because retail, you know, is where it's at, right? Oh, um, yeah. So I knew I didn't want to do that after a couple of years. And all of a sudden, I just randomly found an EMT basic course in, in the newspaper one day. And um, I ended up out here with my wife. We had just been freshly married. And we're like, ah, we're going to give it a couple of years. And I'm going to go to big department. I want to go I want to go to Minneapolis or Sioux Falls somewhere, you know, something like that, if, if anybody's familiar with the Midwest at all. Um, and we never left. So I've uh, worked my way through the ranks, um, through working on the floor and then into the fire marshal position and now as chief. So um, I absolutely love it. Um, 
I, I don't regret any decisions I've made. Um, I, I have seen and or done probably what everybody else has done in the big city, um, but probably not on <laughs> as a regular of, of a basis. So you know what I mean? So we, we have our knife and gun club. We have our, our overdoses and we have those different things on that line, but not as often, you know, so, yep. Yep. Great. I think you, you mentioned a little bit about your staffing that you're 24 on 48 off. How do you staff the, uh, the ambulances? Uh, are they two paramedics, two EMTs? Yep. So that's up to the captain. Um, we do at this time, knock on wood, we're, uh, what I call heavy on paramedics. I would prefer if all my staff was a paramedic, but we, we, it's just difficult to do that, you know, but, um, Usually what happens for staffing is a, a paramedic and a ba uh, EMT basic, um, but that's not for money savings. That's just layout of the crew. Okay. Um, some days the captains, depending on what he has um, for a driver or driver operator or whatever, may uh, put medic medic together. And I know the guys really, uh, I'm sorry, I, I call them guys in Midwest, uh, the men or women, I should say, because we do have women uh, employed. Um, uh, enjoy the medic medic thing because I can share the calls a little bit better um but uh, otherwise it's usually emt basic and paramedic i see i see well that's great yeah well if you're in pittsburgh we don't even call them guys and gals we call them yinzers yeah oh, everything is everything here in pittsburgh is yins yins guys yins, yins this guys. Yins that. Nice. yeah yeah don't i'll ask start me using that, that. I, I i feel i try to be politically correct right and i just it's it's guys always it's guys yeah. but that's not it's, yeah. it's people you know so um I I but yeah we we average um and i i know that this number has gone up but on on average we do five to seven calls a day um our we have a a, a decent sized hospital but we do a lot of interfacility transfers and that bigger uh, hospital base is in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which is um, an hour to hour and 15 minutes to our east. Um, it's a city of about 200,000, 200,000 plus. So we average at least one to probably two trips to Sioux Falls a day. It's, it's, it's inundating. It's, it's become almost a problem, I guess, for our staffing and things on that line. So Marius, I, I did yeah. have a question roll up. Um, so now, you know, your square miles that you cover is extensive. How are you positioning uh, trucks throughout that coverage area? What, what's your distribution to cover? And then what's your turnaround time is a follow-up question um, on your runs. What, it, what does it take you to turn, yeah. take a run and turn it back? Sure. Yeah. So um, let me think here. So uh, we run out of one station. We do not do system status management. We have four ambulances within uh, the building. So we, uh, I know everybody's like, oh my, what? Um, so what we do is uh, the first run ambulance goes out to whatever call it is. We rely on off-duty personnel to come back and reman the station. Okay. So if two go out, we have a minimum staffing of five. Um, and so we always have to maintain that number no matter what we're doing. So on average, if we go out within that call range, I guess, if that's for lack of a better word, um, another person, another group of people come in to cover another fire call and or ambulance call, which is 95% of, of what it's going to be is another back-to-back -back ambulance call. And it's getting more prevalent with that also. But um, on average, depending on how far out we can go, we can turn around within an, uh, 45 minutes to an hour, maybe, you'll, maybe into that 
hour and a half, depending on how far out we go. So, um, you know, it, it, some of them can be a little bit longer, um, a trip to, uh, uh, inter facility transfer for us to go to Sioux Falls and back and everything is four hours. So, um, my goodness. It's, it's a great part-time job. You know, if you want overtime, it is unlimited here. Um, but it, if some of the, you know, some days we run up to 13, 14 calls, I mean, it's getting that busy. So, um, it, it, it's quite inundating. Yeah, and I I'm, for the, for, yeah. for, for anybody in a, in an urban setting that's listening, they probably think, Oh, well, 13, 14, but that taxes your system. Cause you have limited providers too. I'm sure that not everybody's clamoring to go to South Dakota. And I, that's no slam to you, my friend, but I'm sure that's a challenge to get to entice people to work, you know, in that kind of rural setting. That's unique. Yeah. You know, Chuck, it's been really interesting uh, over this last couple of years. I never, I never, like you said, nobody wants to come to South Dakota, but the thing is, is South Dakota has been open all through COVID and all through everything, right? We have a governor that, that basically threw the finger in the air to everybody and said, well, we're going to stay open. So when other people are still locked down and stuff, I, it's really weird for us to try to conceive mm -hmm. that. So we've had quite a few people from the coast uh, applying here because mm -hmm. they want out of their states that are dealing with that. And I say, apply. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, now, yeah. We'll, we'll welcome you uh, yeah. here, of course, you know, right now we're fully staffed, but, um, and that can change at any minute with, with, with these millennials, but, and, and then that's not a bad thing, but um, yeah. So if you think about, you know, a lot of these larger departments that are probably watching today, uh, they, they, I don't know, anywhere from 10, 10 mm -hmm. stations, maybe, and they're busy running 13 to 14 calls. This we're running that out of one. Yeah, and so it a uh, twenty four hour shift gets really long for the, some of these uh, uh, for some of my guys and and, yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah. and then are you strictly running uh, paramedics and bees, or do you have some advanced EMTs? Uh, no, it, it's difficult to find training for advanced EMTs uh, in South Dakota for some reason. Um, I've had some bees that are really interested in moving up to that next spot because they're not quite ready for that paramedic level. Um, but they just want to, you know, just work their way up. And it's just really difficult for us to find stuff. And maybe if we work online, I, I, we haven't gotten to that point yet, mm -hmm. but um, so I don't have any uh, uh, advanced EMTs, but uh, so either uh, B's or P's. Obviously. Yep. Okay. So, yep. 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 Good. Thanks. Thanks for those questions, Chuck. Keep them rolling yep. in there, buddy. I will. So Marius, like with any department, Outreach into your community is an important element. Um, you know, there isn't an agency out there who doesn't need community support, whether you're a private agency or a fire department based agency or municipal agency, you know, you want, you want the community that you serve to embrace you. And um, some, some uh, organizations do a better job than others, but um, you know, given your area, and I know you have um, an older population, if I remember from our previous conversations, right? Um, yeah. How do you envelop them? How do you educate them? How do you make them understand we're here to help you and serve you? And, you know, not just when you're in need, um, you know, when that 911 call comes in, but, you know, how do you educate them about your department and the resources that you have available to them? Yeah, so I look at it this way. I, I look, I, I break it into two different levels, Gary. And and what that is is it's just the one is just the standard interaction with with the community. And what I mean by that is the the touch the trucks, the 
the going out to um, different local, I don't know what you want to call them, get-togethers where we just did one at a, a harvest festival where we took a, a fire truck over and we let the kids climb through it and different things along that line um, and different things like that. The other level that I like to talk about and, and, and I, I, going back to my fire marshal days is what we call community risk reduction. And so that's where we, you know, and I think a lot of the other chiefs are, depending on who's watching me today, knows that buzzword and, and is probably working on it too. Um, but like a fall prevention program, we're really zealous into, um, right, last week was fire prevention week, getting into the schools and things along that line. So um, we're working hard on trying to um, figure out um, exactly what our main problems or our big problems are. Falls are our number one issue, the number one thing that we go on um, just about every day, uh, multiple times a day. We're working with a local hospital here uh, to try to narrow down or, or really uh, decrease our what we call our frequent flyers, I guess, if that's a better word for it. And I can explain that down the road here with one of, some of the other questions. But, but we're really working hard with the community to try to make an impact on on our call volume and not having those repetitive calls um, that we all deal with every day. Good. Well, it is, it's an important element. And I know to just uh, stay in quarters and answer those calls, any fire department, any ambulance service in the country has to do far and beyond that in order to, to continue to survive. And it's nice to hear that you're yeah. doing that. Right, so do, do your people like doing that? Uh, the question here, is um, you know how do you how how do your staff members view that kind of activity in light of the fact that you are covering a large area and sometimes are stretched? Yeah, so I have to. What I want in my brain and what 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 I can actually pull off, like you, it, that's a great question. Is is two different things, right? So I really have to pick and choose um, what's the best bang for the buck on on getting us out there you know what i mean because that's exactly right the last thing they want to do is go do a trip tuck or touch the truck after they've run 10 calls for the day yeah. right so yeah. um we, we, i really um hone in on trying to figure out what's going to be the best bank what's going to get the best um interaction with the community and education um with that if it's something that's just filling a dump tank for a thing like that is probably not going to happen you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. so um yeah you, you know i and I, I i like telling stories and i won't take up our half hour with one but it goes back to my fire academy days um and stuff like that but really quick i'll just share the story of the jelly because i have a can i have a jar oh i'm gonna reach over so i have this jar of jelly on my desk and what guy and the and the guys come in and they go why do you have jelly on your desk and i go well the story is, is I own a store. Let's say I own a grocery store and I'll tell the story really quick. So let's say I own a, a grocery store and on the second level, second shelf, I have my jelly is stored there. And every day people come in and they knock the jelly off the shelf. Breaks all over. I have to have a dedicated person that comes out and cleans up the jelly every day. And all he does all day long is clean up the jelly, right? So every day they knock it off comes out and cleans it up. At what point during the day and in my career do I look at changing the jelly, right? And that's no different than my department or a large department. 
what is break, what jelly breaking thing is going on in my department, falls, kitchen fires, whatever the main things are, how can I change that or influence that by fixing the jelly? So do I get plastic jars of jelly and put it on the third shelf? You know, how can I utilize my people uh, or the jelly cleaner in a different way that's going to impact my grocery store and or my department? So that's yeah, it's a great it's analogy. That is a great yeah. analogy. I love it. Absolutely. But, and, yes. and there might be people out there that have heard that story from the fire academy, but sure. that's one of the main things that I brought back from that. Um, and, and that's what I look at, especially on the EMS thing. And that's with QuickMed, and that's a really neat thing uh, with the new QBI and different things that they show me. Um, one of the issues that we had uh, was private pays or what we call the no hauls our return of business or our return of money, I guess, or revenue on that was really low. And uh, Jeanette and Gary and I had a really kind of a heart to heart, a heart to heart on that talk a couple of months ago. And Gary goes, I'm just going to kind of throw it out there. And I, you might have some lazy medics. And I go, I, I never thought of that. You know, we get, we get into this stream of constantly going on this guy that keeps falling down and how annoying that is and so we may not do the utmost job of writing that report and or getting all the information that we need and we've turned so we i said okay we got to work on that so we've turned that around and increased our uh, rate of pay and revenue by threefold uh since january 1st so it's that kind of thing i know it sounds geeky and i know if you're a chief out there and or assistant chief and you're watching this and going Oh, I get it. You know, it's those things that we have to look at to try to uh, keep things moving forward. I guess yeah. that's the word. So. Great, great. Yeah, that's a, that. Those are some really wor- wise words. I'll tell you, that's very yeah. wise, very well, wise. And, some, and for the record, they don't get um, it. <laughs> for the record, I, I don't, I, I don't believe any of his medics are lazy, lazy. I think they just might have been lazy report writers. So yeah, just, no, to, yeah. just to clarify, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, no, but it I, really. I was just gonna but, say, I don't think Gary used that word. Mary. No, but <laughs> but it, it really, you know. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, the, the yeah. feedback that was given. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it, it's that's not how I took it, but I, and, you know, it, it we get, you know we get we get in this these ruts, right? Yes. And, and and it's yeah. no different me and and whomever in this department and, and wherever uh, we get in ruts. And sometimes we just have to have that little butt yes. kick to, to yeah, say, right. all right, hey, look, we got to really concentrate on this and, and do the best we can. And so, um, you know, that, that's what we're doing. Yep. Well, it, it is. And, and, you know, it's important because, you know, I think we've Chuck and myself and when Celeste does document, do documentation training, you know, one of the things we say is it's, it really all starts with, the folks in the street it's not yeah. the billing company can only you know take it after you've been through it and if you don't give us a good starting point you know and write us a good report or if yeah. you happen to be a lazy writer then you can't expect us to get money into your coffers right. and right. you know running your department i'm sure you have a budget and i'm sure that budget is scrutinized every year by your town fathers and um you know, it's always good to say like you're doing your best job to get money in as opposed to seeing your costs go up and your billing revenue go down. That's never an enviable position to go in front of your your town council and have to present that. So, um, you know, 
we uh, we appreciate all you do as far as making our job a little bit easier. But in the end, it really puts money and dollars into your coffers that makes when you need that new pieces of equipment yeah. or that new apparatus. Yeah. So to give everybody forward. a little bit, of, yeah, a quick a quick background on on how we got to this point is we used to do all our billing internally, and uh, which is fine, but. Uh, the person that was doing our billing, it, it, it just got so inundating uh, to her that she just couldn't keep up. And we were months and, uh, months, and months behind on, on billing. And uh, we just had to finally make the decision to, to move forward and to do something like this. And, and, uh, and, and it's, it's, I, I, I wouldn't look back. Yeah. So, yeah. so a question here from Pennsylvania, which yeah. doesn't surprise me. So yeah. you mentioned about ALS and then there being some, peripheral other squads, local squads around you, yep. um, you know, very prevalent here in, in, in Gary and Jeanette can tell you in our area is the, the two tier response system sure. where there's some joint billing. Um, how are you interacting? And it leads right to the next question. And yep. Gary, that's why I kind of jumped in here, but um, wh- how do you interact with those other organizations, and do you do joint effort billing? Do your medics, excuse me, do your medics, you know, uh, jump onto their trucks and run a joint call? How how? As a two tier or multi tier response, um, so it's generally usually with um, a, a BOS service. Uh, the difficult thing that we, and I've been here again, uh, 20 plus years, is it's not really changed. And we tried to educate with this. The tough part is, is, is they're so proud, right? And I, I don't have a problem with that, but the, they'll call for things that they we don't need to be there. And they'll go zooming by us and into the hospital with things that they need to, yeah, and that's, yeah. that's, that's our issue. But, um, but we call us. We're already, we're already here. We're always here. But what we do is we have contracts with, I would say about 12 uh, different services, whether they're BLS or there are some ALS ones that do call us um, because they're, they're not a full-time department, but they have paramedics on there. So they don't feel comfortable running certain calls. So they'll call us. And what we do is we allow, we have them bill and we have a contract that they'll pay us $300 um, for each ALS intercept that we do, whether that's high or low, I have no idea, but that's what um, our, uh, what we find as an average of, uh, of paying overtime, uh, the people's wages and uh-huh. any type of uh, things that we might use averages out to about that $300 and we make a little bit of money on that. So um, if you run, if you run a power truck of two medics, one medic splits off, the other one goes back in services and as a, a response squad then? Yeah, usually what happens is is these smaller departments uh, end up having like 10 people on the ambulance when uh-huh. they respond. And so when we go intercept with them, it's usually on the uh, uh, Interstate 90, if you're familiar uh, with that, goes right through uh, South Dakota and right next to Mitchell. Um, so we usually intercept on I-90 for whatever reason. That's just where most of them most of us uh, yep. intercept at yep. um, my staff jumps into their ambulance and then somebody from their ambulance then drives ours back to the hospital. And then once we're done with the call, then we get in uh, back in ours and go back in service. Gotcha. Okay. So. Yep. yep. That's, that's pretty, uh, that's consistent. Just a different yep. area. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for answering sure. that. Sure. Of course. Marius um, yeah. on the lines of patient care. Uh, 
you know, uh, when I was in the field, we had this Berno, I think it was a model 30 stretcher that my back is still in pain from lifting that darn thing. Um, but now there's been so many changes, so many new uh, devices, so many new improvements to pre-hospital care. What, what uh, clinical improvements has your organization um, made in say like the last two or three years? Anything to better care for your patients? Yeah, the, the, the biggest thing, I, I saw that question. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not sure what we, I don't know what we've done, but um, you know, we have a couple of power cots, um, but you know, we're, I, it's weird because I feel like we're progressive, but we're old school at the same time. So a, a lot of the staff would prefer a, a, one of a, a newer standard Ferno um, and, and carrying it into the house and doing all those old school things that we've done for years than to have a power cot and use the stair chair to bring, you know what I mean? So, yep. um, so we only have a couple uh, power cots. We do not have any power loads um, because I've heard a few horror stories with those that sometimes they work really well in the winter and we, we suffer in the winter out here. Um, they may or may not work different things along that line. Sometimes they lock in, sometimes they don't anyway. Um, and plus it comes down to budgeting. You know, I don't have a, a, a super huge budget. Um, so I, I concentrate on, um, on, on product, I guess what, what they want to use out in the field, uh, IV catheters, you know, diff, all those different kinds of things other than, than that. Um, the CARES Act really helped us, uh, make a jump into the electronics, age, I guess, if that's what you want to call it. Um, we put, um, we put laptops in the front with mapping and different things in front of our rigs, uh, this last year, uh, iPads for handheld stuff, uh, to do reports and everything. Um, so for us, that was a, a huge jump and, 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 uh, the staff is still trying to get used to that. They feel like it takes away patient care where they're concentrating more on doing stuff with their, their thumbs and fingers and stuff. Than, than dealing with the, the um, with the patient. So we're slowly breaking into that. Um, just to let everybody know what we used to do is, is write notes on the glove and, and do all those things, uh, run the call and go to the hospital here and then come back to the station. And we have a, a, off, a, a report writing office, um, a hangout office, a bitch fest, whatever you want, whatever you want, whatever that office works for at that point in time. But that's where they do the reports. Um, but I'm trying to streamline the billing process so that um, they can start that report, and then when they back in, it can upload, and then uh, we're using Image Trend to where they can just either finish it here or almost have it done now while they're out running those calls. So it's a little bit changed for them, um, but. I, they're going to get it. That's just the way it is. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to be that boss, but oh, um, thank you for that. Yeah. So it's, it's, that's kind of what we've been doing. So I'm going to jump ahead here a little bit in the essence of time. So one of the big issues be, well, not as big as COVID, but one of the issues even before COVID started and it's still out there today, it's just been overshadowed by, by COVID is the opioid epidemic. Do you see much of that? And if so, like, how are you managing that? Not just so much from a patient care standpoint, but, you know, we've talked to a number of services who really have different approaches to how they're managing 
um, that patient population. Uh, so just wanted to kind of inquire as to what you're seeing there in Mitchell and how you're handling it. And do you see much of it? Yeah, so uh, what I'm about to say, uh, I'm guessing that everybody that's watching out there is going to want to come work for me now. So um, we don't see it. Um, we probably ran one opioid overdose in the last wow. year. Um, Sign yeah. me up. I mean, we carry nasal Narcan and we, you know, all those different, you know, it, we're, we're ready for it and we're prepared for it. We just don't see a lot of it. Um, so, um, and that, that's part of the Midwest, right? So not that we're sheltered. It just, no. it just takes a long time to get here. Um, now, if you go where I, I should really back up, I apologize, but so we're a, a town or a city of, of 15,000. 15 to 16,000. So uh, we're decent size. We're, we're not huge. Now, like I said, if you go down to Sioux Falls of 200,000 or west to Rapid City of about 100,000, they're, they're dealing with that a little bit more than what we are. Sure. Um, but as far as opioid, COVID, all those things, it takes quite a while to get here. You know, we didn't see those spikes. Um, we saw a little bit in April. But I said, if, if this is what COVID is, this sign me up. It's not going to be that bad. And then also November hit when it finally got here. And I'm like, oh, crap, you know, but so it just it just takes a while. Um, you know, we do have drugs, you know, but uh, meth is the number one here, uh, followed by some cocaine a little bit, which is the rich man's drug. But really, we knock on wood, we don't see a lot of it. So oh, and you're you're blessed. And, you know, we've had yeah. clients on who you know, the, their whole shift consists of running, you know, yeah. overdoses. And uh, we've had some who are middle of the road. And I will tell you, um, count your lucky stars, because uh, I will tell you and Chuck, jump in here. Yeah. Yes. Pretty much the exception to the rule from what we're hearing. Yeah, yeah, I can't, you know, obviously, I whatever I see on TV, right. But, uh, you know, just seeing the, the different documentations and the different things that are out there, I, I can't, we talk about ruts, right? And I, I can't imagine going to that same person. You know, I, I have a good friend that's a medic out in Ann Aradell out in DC area and stuff like that. And he told me he ran 12 of them uh, in one shift, you know, oh, yeah. and I just, yeah. I, I, it just floors me, you know? So, I mean, we obviously know it's out there, but again, we just don't deal with it. We, we deal with, um, a lot with, with, with grandma that, keeps falling down or grandpa and, and grandpa or grandma can't get them up off the floor. And, and so sometimes, you know, two or three times a day, uh, we have to go pick them up, you know, so that's, that's our thing. That's our opioid yeah. thing. Um, but again, it's difficult for us because again, we, we don't get paid for that. We do charge $150 to pick them up and they squawk over that. But, um, so it, it is what it is. So. Well, good. Don't you love this guy's responses, Chuck and Jeanette? Yeah, absolutely. It's so refreshing. It really there's, is. There, there's no and, hidden agenda with this guy. <laughs> no, and I'll tell you, Chief, we get this is a different view of EMS than it what is. we see, you know, especially on the East Coast, I think, in the mid-Atlantic states. Um, and it's a great, I'm really glad we we have highlighted you because you get uh, every time I do one of these, I get another shade of what EMS in America is all about. And uh yeah. Um, you definitely put different color to some of what I'm used to, you know, cause I'm in a, 
uh, Gary and I are in rusted steel belt areas where, yeah. you know, we, we have a uh, uh, blighted demographic. And, and uh, so, so we certainly see these things affecting our area more than you do. And, um, uh, you know, great, um, great diversity throughout EMS in America. It's always just, um, it, 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 it's crazy that you can be so different and yet do the same thing. You know, it's, right. it's yeah. one of the, and I, I'm wondering, I'm curious if other departments are dealing with this, but we've, we've changed generations here. We finally, you know, the, the, the one, the light, latest ones that I, that we've hired could be my, my kids. Right. Uh-huh. And so um, the, the difficult part about that is when I started, I lived here, if that makes sense. Right. Um, I, I, I couldn't get enough of EMS uh, call. We call it call in or call back, whatever overtime. Um, so every time something went out, I was here and, and, and made it made good money. Now with this generation that we have, they want their time off. Yeah. They'll come, they'll come work their butt off for 24 hours and they'll be a great employee, but I won't see them for 48 yeah. and, and they don't care. Well, they, they probably care, but you know, there's no, I don't have a mileage restriction on where they can live. We did at one point, it didn't work out. So now we've let that go, but I rely on people to come back and, and, and staff the station. It's getting more and more difficult throughout, throughout the years uh, and stuff. So um, that's what we deal with. And, and is probably one of the bigger issues that I'm trying to figure out. Well, I think that amazes me alone is that people that are off duty are willing to come in and backfill. That's something that, that I don't think we see. Uh, that struck me, Chuck. Yes, when, yes. when he said that, you know, that truck leaves, He's bringing off-duty people in. I guess. I guess my that leads to my next question. Like, how do you get the morale to be that good? I mean, these are you know we're dealing. You're right. We're dealing yep. with a, a younger group in many cases in EMS, and there yep. you're right. You don't see them, but how do you get them to come in when that truck's going to be out for two or three hours? Like that just. I don't know about you, Chuck. That, uh, that comment that, blew me away when he that, said that's that. Not yeah. So that's for sure. yeah. So so it's difficult, right? So um, when I came into this position the, the morale was low and, and and i guess the the, the big thing is is that you got to love them right um and so communication and love and so if they if if to some point right you know and, and i i'm that jerk of a boss and i'll write you up or whoever you know what i mean i don't get me wrong that it's all kumbaya and, and, and love here <laughs> but but they want to know that you care yeah. Right. Uh, above and below anything. So um, if, if I can take five minutes to get out of my of my office and I know that they've been running calls all day and people have come in and out of here and, and different things on that line, I have to take that time to go over there and go, hey, I appreciate you coming in today. Thank you for taking time. You could be spending time with your wife, your kids, whatever you might be doing. Um, but thank you for coming back in. Right. And it just takes that little bit. Now, whether that's doing anything or not, I, I don't know. I like to think it is. The other thing I do is, is the communication thing, because uh, where things usually go sideways is where they don't know what's going on or, or the direction that we're going as a department and things on that line, especially this younger group. They want to know why. And I don't have a problem with that. And I'll and I want them to figure out what their why is, right? Why do they work here? Why do they want to do this job? Why do they want to do this career? And that's up to them. That's their journey. I know why I want to do it. And so, and what my direction is. So every Friday I put out a thing called Friday Field Notes. I do 
I, I feel like I'm getting better at it, but I do a little video of a recap over the week of what we did, what's coming up next week, and I email it out. And it's surprising that they really enjoy that because it's just, wow, the boss cares. The boss takes the time to, and I know I'm not a big department, but still, um, where everything seems, like I said, everything that seems to go sideways is where they go, wow, I, I really didn't know we were going to do this or, or whatever it is. So again, if I can take the time to give show some love, but yet some accountability and then, and communicate, it, it's, it's gone well. Yeah. Um, that, I think that video communication is a great idea yeah, it's great. simply because when we are dealing with a younger generation, the, you know, they're very uh, visual. They're very uh, gaming yep. oriented. I, I, that's a genius. Uh, good, yeah. So good I have a new, I have not a new, sorry, that's not what I meant, but I have a fire marshal that's really techie. I can record myself and I can do that end of things, but then I, I uh, download it to him and he puts it to music right. and he takes out my ums and uhs and, and oh craps because I, <laughs> I space off sometimes because I'm getting old, but, um, but you know, so uh, that's one of the big things that we try to work yeah. on or that right. I've been trying to do lately is just make sure that we communicate that out um, and, and go from there. So Major kudos. Good, good yeah, show. Major. Definitely. Um, and just so you know, our uh, video editor um, probably will not be able to take out the ums and the o's and the o craps. So you got to live with it. <laughs> I, I understand. That's why I was trying it. to. Uh, and and sure to be honest I... with you, if we let, if we took no, it out, it would take away from the, the conversation we're having here today. So right. appreciate yeah. you being real with us. Marius, I'm not going to keep you any longer, but is there any other interesting facts that you'd like to tell us about your organization before we close out today's presentation? Oh, boy. I hate that ending Honestly. question, right? What, what nugget can I leave you with, right? Um, you know, we all have something to offer, whether we're large, small, in between, whatever it might be. Um, and we all do the same job. Um, Ours is just to a different scale. I hope you've learned something or, or, or went, oh my gosh, that's really interesting today. Um, but I, I guess for me, I, I, the only nugget I can give back is, is my appreciation for being able to tell our story today. Um, when I first heard that I was going to be able to do this, I, I was taken aback, you know, because a lot of people go, where is South Dakota? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I mean, honestly, a lot of, if you haven't been through here to go to the Black Hills or, or hunting or pheasant hunting or whatever it is that, that, that we offer, you, you just don't know what is north of, of whatever state, right? So um, I appreciate uh, QuickMed. I appreciate all of you that are watching this today for what you do. Um, you, you probably don't hear it enough, but thank you. Um, and thank you to QuickMed for everything that you've done for Mitchell Fire Department. Well, thank you. That's very Excellent. kind. We appreciate it. Um, this is truly, um, and I and I, I don't want to exclude Jeanette here because Jeanette's a, a dedicated professional from our organization. But uh, Marius, the two old timers here, Jeanette's not in that mix. Um, just we look forward to doing this probably than you know, because the nuggets that we get, and to be honest with you, beyond the, the great nuggets we get, the warmth we get from hearing people as dedicated as you are on our screen is is just it it makes and i've been involved in ems since 1974 i'm venturing to say that you were a young young man if at all at that point and um 
you know, so it's part of Chuck's fiber, it's part of my fiber. And, you know, it's heartening to hear dedicated servants like yourself, because, you know, to some degree, um, we take ownership of you. Like we, we felt we've devoted ourselves to this profession. And it's nice that somebody that you, whether it was that EMTB class that you went to and yeah. saw the instructor and he heightened your awareness, there's somebody that served as a mentor because fire and EMS and all public safety, you know, has to go on. And, you know, we make the news nowadays. Don't let, I don't want to start editorializing that. Otherwise it'll be a 10 Q 90. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, we make the news here for all the bad reasons, all the wrong right. reasons. And it's really nice that we can take, you know, a half hour time and you give us that half hour. If we can put this out there to say, listen, here's a good guy running a good department, doing good things for his community. Um, as opposed to the, some of the things that we hear nowadays, um, you know, on all the different news channels. So um, my hat's off to you and every yeah. member of your department. And for that matter, every person who's listening today. And we've, got, much we've so. got people here from, you know, um, Maine, just real quickly, Maine, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Florida, uh, Arizona, um, where else do we got here? I'm looking here, Texas. Um, and if I missed anybody, my apologies. I'm just kind of scanning the list here from people that I know. But I want to just tell you again, uh, a heartfelt thank you. Um, I hope our paths cross again some some way yes. in some better way than electronically at some point. Yes. Um, you know, I, I was telling somebody the other day, um, part of my bucket list, one of the things on my bucket list is Mount Rushmore. I'm not yeah. sure how far you are from there but it's on my bucket list. Well, that's about three and a half hours to our West. That's getting all the snow right now. So, uh -huh. but um, it is, it's, it's well worth um, the travel to come see it. And if anybody's watching it today, that's been out there, you know, um, like they say, if you know, you know, right. Um, it, it, it's amazing how they carve that into the, into the stone. And it's, it's just a beautiful area of our state and how our state changes from, flatland prairie to you know to well i call them mountains but they're not mountains. <laughs> they're not real mountains but you know uh larger bumps than the prairie so to speak so um yeah it's it it, it it's a great area uh come visit um and i know there's been a ton of our our tourism has been the largest this summer than it has been in probably about the last 10 years. So it's awesome. People are out and about and coming through. Great, great to hear. Yeah, I do hope to make it make it out to see you someday. Hey, three and a half hours. That's not a bad drive, Chuck. We could probably bunk at, the, bunk at the firehouse. What do you think, Chuck? Absolutely. Customer yeah. success manager as well. Yes. Sir. We're all going, okay? Right. It's yep. all or nothing, Mary. It's all or nothing. You must trip to visit Mary's. Yep. Uh, yep. Rushmore in addition to your station. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, so we're on, <laughs> so, so uh, cheap plug, right? So we're on Mitchell Fire, I think it's Mitchell Fire EMS on Facebook. Um, if anybody has any further questions, you can uh, email me at uh, Marius, M-A-R-I-U-S, the letter L at Mitchell dps.com if you have any questions on how the heck we do things um uh just sure e email me and uh and i'd be glad to talk to you thank you very much marius just stay with us for a second um i just want to uh thank chuck and jeanette for uh joining in and pitching in today and helping with today's episode um folks uh, we work hard to bring you current topics and and 
and great people like Marius here today, as well as others across the industry. So I will thank all of those who've joined you, joined today from across the country. Uh, we all, all benefit from uh, hearing Marius. And uh, I know I have, Chuck has, I'm sure. Uh, Chuck's Chuck was taking notes there. I, I, I was, I'm, I'm sure he's gonna go to his local ambulance service and say, listen to what that guy in South Dakota is doing. <laughs> uh, um, but anyway, thanks for joining us. and. Um, with that, Chuck, I'll just say, hey, be, be safe, safe out, out there. there.